Great, count is moving. Oh, it's not laggy either. Nope, no lag, we in this. Yes, we are. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Now, you know you should uh, tilt the mic to you. You don't have to lean to it. Just have it so it's a... Alright, yeah, this is good. Comfortable. I just wanted a space where, like, my mouth... Like you can't hear everything, no, my li like my lips smacking and stuff. Oh, well, no, you want to be able to hear as much as possible. <laughs> All right. Mm. So. I guess I should tilt it up a little bit. There's not enough headroom. For you? Okay. Oh, the laptop? No, just the headroom on the laptop. Well, right. that's a little There we go. All right. Yeah. So, shall I start? It's your podcast. Hello, my name is Sean Carter, and welcome to the first episode of my brand new podcast, Still Room to Grow. What's um, it called? Still Room to Grow. That's a good name. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, I'm here with my mentor and f beloved friend, Mr. Justin Irvin. Um, Don't at me. <laughs> on today's episode, I plan to cover topics on mentorship and love to love between two men and fatherhood. Um, you said that there was a term for it? Yeah, so when you say love between two men, what do you mean specifically? Like the whole idea and um, ideology on it being okay to express your love to another man without it seeing, as people would say, homo. Right, so what you're talking about, the specific term is called fraternal love, F-R-A-T, E-R-N-A-L, fraternal. You ever heard of frats? Yes, okay. the college stuff. Bingo. Well, that comes from the word that means brotherhood, basically. Yeah. So fraternity is the relationship between brothers, men. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about that kind of love, there's maternal love, which is like love of a mother, there's paternal love, father, and then fraternal, frat, brotherly love. Yeah. And I think that's the specific term that you're looking for because well, I really don't have any other information. Say it one more time for me. Fraternal love. Well, fraternal love. <laughs> um, so to anybody watching this, y'all probably know this you man. You can't even see your face. Look at you. Yes, you can see my face. Sorry. All right, fine. Boom. Alright, so anybody watching this, y'all know this man as my mentor, but I'm going to ask you, Mr. Irvin, if you'd be so kindly to give a brief introduction on who you are and what it is that you do. Yes, we're going to pause for a quick interlude so I can plug the computer in. Alright. That's <laughs> uh, still recording though, even with the, with the screen going down. Why is the screen down? You, Power save. Uh. uh you know what? You will have. You can do it yourself, probably. Do what? You'll definitely have a friend who has a laptop who can. I'll cut this together a little bit. Yeah, well, you know them. That's probably the next thing I want by myself. Is a laptop. Yeah, well, you have that up, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, and we're back. You were saying. Uh, I was saying if you'd be so kindly to give a brief introduction on who you are and what it is that you'll do. Does that term make sense to you, though, fraternal love? Yes. Yeah. So, actually, that's one of the reasons why I thought that your podcast idea was actually really good, because I don't think that people talk about this enough. I think that whenever people nowadays hear the the word love or talking about relationships that are of a same sex, the immediate knee-jerk reaction is to think about sex or somehow some sort of romantic kind of association with it. And I think that what people forget a lot of the time and what you're bringing up in terms of the context of our relationship is that there's something else that's very important that's completely non-sexual, that's completely um, more of like a fam family-type relationship. Yeah. And so what made you want to explore that? Because, um, like, when I have this conversation with people that I know, um, mostly males, they'll always try to find a way to, like, not talk about it because mm -hmm. it'll make them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess there is people out there that have love mm -hmm. for their friends, mm -hmm. but they always turn that love to um, animosity, if that's the right term, right? So what do you mean? Like, they turn that love into jealousy and hate. Oh, really? Because instead of them admitting it, like, oh, yeah, you know, I love you, bro, mm -hmm. they keep that inside because they don't want to be labeled as, oh, you homo for saying you love your friend, you know? Because some people find it okay, you know, if you're saying you love yourself, you love another man as long as it's a family. Right. But when you're saying I love you to not a stranger, but somebody Something's that's not blood, not blood yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, you homo for that, you know? Because gotcha. that's nobody you know, really, even though that's probably one of your best friends for years or something. Right. Interesting topic. So, yeah, I'm glad to talk about it. So, you asked me my our background? Yes. What your background? Oh, my background specifically? Yes, then we can get into our background. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, my background is that I was born in Virginia, and in the age of four, moved to Prince George's County, Maryland, which is where I call home. It's where I'm from, so it, you know, PG raised me. <laughs> <laughs> um PG County was a beautiful, is a beautiful place to live and grow up as a young black kid because you grow up amongst a, a black majority. You, everybody from the mayor to the councilman to the chief of police when I was growing up to the beggar on the street, everybody was black. So I didn't grow up with a minority mentality. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you at least find interesting about me is that I don't really have a sense of why not me. Of course me. Why not? I mean, no, sorry, not why me. Why not me? Like, yeah, yeah. Of course me. Why not me? Um, and so that also came from a really strong upbringing in the home and in the church. Um, my parents have been married now for upwards of 45 years. I don't remember exactly how long they've been married. Probably 46 years is how long they've been married. Um, and between what they instilled in me in the household and between what... I was raised in, in terms of my faith and background that way. <clears throat> I turned out to be a pretty balanced kid and young man. So I credit them for that tremendously, and I credit the, um, the spiritual upbringing that I have that I've taken with me nowadays. And I, in terms of my study, I you know, finished high school, went to a, uh, 
a local art college that I transferred from after a year. I was going to get my associate's degree, but I jumped out so I could just go ahead and get my, my bachelor's. Yeah. Went to Columbus College of Art and Design in Columbus, Ohio. Um, wound up being a super senior, staying in for an extra semester because I switched my major to video production. I was an illustrator. I went from illustration to photography, from photography to video production. And so I studied abroad in Florence, Italy for my last semester where I made my first documentary called As in a Mirror. It was a story about the Senegalese merchants, these young guys like my age at the time, like 21, 22, mm -hmm. who were selling their bags and their knockoff CDs and knockoff purses in the street, like you see on Canal Street, yeah. except, in, <laughs> yeah, except in Florence, Italy. And so that was the thing that solidified the fact that I wanted to become a filmmaker. The path wasn't ultra easy, so after I got denied my application to graduate school at NYU, Two years in a row, I was like, you know, screw this, need a break. So I moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina, where my sister was living at the time. We moved in together, and I started teaching high school. So I taught high school at North Mecklenburg High School for one year. And I only made it one year intentionally because I knew I wasn't supposed to stay there full-time. I wasn't supposed to be a, a full-time teacher at that point because I still had it in me to want to be a filmmaker. So after a year of teaching in the Charlotte Mecklenburg school system. I worked as a para for a little bit yeah. um, with behavior modifications for kids inside the school system. And then after about six months of that, up and moved back to, well, not back to, but moved to, to New York. And I've been here for 12 years as a filmmaker. Graduate school was SVA. I'm boring people now. This is mad long. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep it's, going. it's long. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, graduate school is at SVA, and I have a master's degree in social documentary filmmaking. I'm a documentary and narrative and commercial filmmaker. And that is an excellent background. Um, before we get into any of the questions I had, mm -hmm. you had said something that I found very interesting. Mm. I would like for you to explain what did you just say on what is a minority mindset? Mm. Well, that's not my term. Uh, minority mentality is what I heard uh, Killer Mike say in one of his various interviews, and how the minority mentality is something that is indoctrinated into black people to make them f feel their minority status. Mm -hmm. We know that the percent, our percentage of the population ho hovers around 16%, but in a place like Prince George's County, Maryland, or in a place like Atlanta, Georgia, where he's from, when the majority or at least, I think it's like a 40, I don't know what the actual percentages are, but if it's like 40% and above, you don't feel the minority because everybody looks like you. And there's equal representation amongst the the workforce. So yeah. it's not just the janitors that are black, it's the CEOs. It's not just the, you know, the guy who's washing your car, it's also the guy that owns the dealership. Mm -hmm. So you don't grow up. I. You don't grow up in, in Prince George's County, Maryland, with a minority mentality because everybody is black. And you see from the upper echelon to lower and everything in between. So you don't feel as though you're the little fish in the big pond. You feel like it's your pond. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by not having a minority mentality, a mentality that makes you feel automatically from birth on through that you're less than or that you, like, feel like, oh, I'm a minority. I feel I'm, you know. You don't yeah. feel that way. I didn't feel that way. 
All right, so a little bit about our background. We are what going on six years next month. Right? Oof. Next month, right? Six years. Ah, December. October. Two months and two more months. Ah. Right? <laughs> ah. In two more months, we know we'll make six years. Um, Shoot, not six years. It can't be that ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, first year of college. Dang, Sean, you old? No, this year would have been year three in college. So this is seven. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because I hadn't been married for I've been married for ten years. But ninth grade, and I haven't known. Unless ninth grade don't wait. Ninth grade, tenth. 11th, 12th, first year of college, the second year of college. And this year would have been. you going, you going, anyway, yes. All right. Anyway, so we're going to stick with six. So okay. six years. Um, we started in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to school? Um, Lions Community School in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, part of this program called iMentor. Mm-hmm. With Funny kids. story about iMentor. Did I ever tell you how I learned about iMentor? No, I don't think you have. Oh, I did a promotional video. I shot a video for our mentor. Really? Did I ever show you that? No. I'm never going to show you that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. No, I'll show it to you. Yeah, I shot uh, a friend of mine, Shannon Romines. She went to graduate school with me, and she wound up getting a job as the media director or something similar at iMentor. And she called me, hey, Irv. She's the only person that calls me Irv in the, in the, um, in the graduate department. You want to shoot a project with me? Sure. What is it? I mentor. So we traveled to Columbus, Ohio, which is where I went to undergrad. And oh, geez, what's um um their names was the mentor's name was Quincy. Uh huh. And the mentee's name, man, I just actually reconnected with him before that Rona hit on uh, Instagram. That Rona. Oh, his name will come back to me. Anyway, the documentary on him, and that was living on the I mentor website for a while. Yeah. And the whole time, his name's on the tip of my tongue, Ishmael. Ah. Uh. Ishmael. So Ishmael's like, yo, you should be a mentor. I'm like, mm-mm. And Quincy was like, oh, you should be a mentor. I'm like, mm-mm. Shannon was like, you really should do this. You should be a mentor. I'm like, no. So then I thought about it, and it was stirring in my heart. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I was like, okay, God. I don't want to do this because I don't want the responsibility. And this is probably what's going to get into your question asking. I don't want the responsibility of having to be accountable for someone else's life in the way that, because I take it seriously. I taught high school. I come from a place where I see what it's like if you don't have a, a strong male figure. I was and am blessed to have a father. And so, and I have friends who do and friends who don't have fathers in their lives. And I see the difference in how it affects their their upbringing and their lives as adults. And so I, it's not something I just wanted to do passively. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to do it because of how seriously I take it. Um, but I knew that it was a feeling I wasn't going to shake, and so I wasn't going to ignore God. I'm like, okay, well, here we go. And so I signed up, and lo and behold, they wrapped you up in that little blanket, put you in my arms, and I, I've raised you as my own ever since. <laughs> um, so the question that he was talking about was, I had a question on why did you become a mentor, but I feel like he pretty much explained why he did Actually, it. no, the reason, that, the thing that set it apart for me, the reason I did it is because if I say I believe in the welfare and well-being of these young black kids coming up in all sorts of different neighborhoods, 
not having a role model or example, and I don't actually do anything, then I don't really mean it. I like that. I like that. It's like being social media activist. Yeah. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> we talked about that so many times, too, when people just... Hate armchair activism. Just sharing quotes. You ain't about nothing. Um, so, after ninth grade... Uh, mm-hmm. No, 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 no. How did you feel? About why did what? Why did you be a part of our mentor? I didn't want to be a part of our mentor at first. Because you but, ain't done. <laughs> you was young and dumb. You was crazy. Y'all, Sean was crazy. I told um, Mason, because mm-hmm. it was Mason at the time. Mm-hmm. I had told Mason, I said, listen, I prefer uh, African-American mentor because uh, I'm an African-American kid. And I want somebody hey, that... Little did you know. <laughs> <laughs> little did you know. Um, <laughs> you still are. I wanted somebody that could relate to me more. Yeah. Um so Mason said she was going to do her best. She Next did. thing I know, shout out Mason. Shout out Mason. What's it? Still Styles? What's the last name? Mason Styles, I think. Shout out Mason. Next thing you know, here we are, six years later. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny part I found about it though was that every time we I drink left-handed now because this is in my way. <laughs> every time that we had one of those little meetings, we never did what we were supposed to do, which I found so funny and ironic. Cause you know I where I got like, that from? Don't say me. No, no, no. I got that from me. Oh. <laughs> because I really want this mask off. I do, too. This is blowing my mind. But you know, so she listens in, you know? Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, the reason being is because those ex- So I had already been a teacher. Yeah. And I was bucking the system when I was a teacher. Our, our warm-ups and our intros. For anybody out there who was my student at North Mech, you can attest to this. I would never ever go with the preconceived ideas of what the less the warm up would be. Mm-hmm. It was stupid to me. You are high schoolers, and so we should be getting into um, current events. So at the time I was teaching, Hurricane Katrina was happening. George Bush doesn't care about black people was happening. Um, a lot of things were happening. The execution of Tukey Williams was happening. Yes, sir. That's so a story. Man, so I was I was having these conversations in the classroom as a way to not just stimulate their minds to say, okay, we're about to start learning, yeah. but also to start a, a discourse. And so you and I would talk about everything but what was in the iMentor program. So iMentor to me is a very fascinating thing, and I think iMentor is very speci- probably very specific to the school that is implementing it, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine, even though they have their set curriculum, because not everybody has an educational background or a background with youth. Yeah. Or even necessarily the experience of being a young black man. Yeah. And that's not the, this, the, the extent of the students that are in there. They're little black girls, little Latino boys and girls. It represents a, a wider population than that. But primarily, in my focus and your focus, was to have somebody that looked like you. I'm still darker, though. <laughs> not with the tattoo, but I'm still darker. Tattoo you do not like. But it actually came out good. It came out well. Let's no. stay focused. So the thing right. is, um, yeah, so rather than going through their, their curriculum, I thought it would be more productive for us to create a report about understanding what you think. Yeah. Like, how do you think? Do you think? You bored? Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's basically why I didn't do a lesson plan. You brought that up, though. Why did mm-hmm. you bring it up? 
Oh, because I just thought that was funny. Oh. Everybody else, you will go in the cafeteria, see everybody else in their mental following the sheets, playing the game. I think playing the game is the only time we did what was formatted. Where we did the jingle. Oh, yeah, the Jenga yeah. was fun, the big Jenga blocks. Yeah, other that than that, fun. it was just straight, how's life going? Oh, yeah, let me tell you about this story. Let me tell you about this and story. And you never wanted to talk about yourself. No, tell me about you. Like, I, man, I'm trying to learn you. I didn't know nothing about myself at the time. That's, like going, to the, that's like going to the doctor's office and saying, so, Dr. So-and-so, tell me more. Yeah, but it's a difference. You've already been through the experiences where you give me something about yourself. I, I haven't really been. I'm ninth grade. Freshly, what was ninth grade? Yeah, I know, but I don't know what you, where, what your life is like to see if there's any sort of correlation. That's true. But I did start opening up in like year two. No, 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 year three. Three. You you was blowing my mind for two years. Year three. I, I take year three. I take year three. Year three, I opened up though. All right. So now that you've I feel already comfortable in the shoes of a mentor. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that every young female or male needs a mentor or think, should be mentor? Oh my gosh, everybody. And it's something, it's interesting. It's something I pray for about Isaac already. Like, okay, because I know I'm his father and I'm going to do my best and, and, you know, I'm an excellent father and I will continue to be so. But that can't be the only perspective. There have to be other people who care about this young person yeah. to be able to bring it a diverse perspective that will help open their minds um so i do think it's important i don't think just personally i think professionally and professionally i can say i've never had a dedicated mentor professionally in my entire life and there have been people who've come in and out <clears throat> professionally mm-hmm. but somebody in whose footsteps i was walking never had that and so you sort of want to do what you haven't had done for yourself sometimes and that's one of the reasons, again, why I thought the mentoring was important. Yeah, I feel like mentoring is important too. I feel like um, people who grow up in the environments where nothing is really positive, they need at least that one positive thing to show them that, hey, if you could do it, I could do it. Like, like you said, right? For two years, I was blowing your mind, um, but I'm always an observant person. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I've talked about the following the footsteps. There's a little parts of who you was, how you spoke, the things that you took or didn't take that I had implied and implemented. Still implying. Oh, wait, wait, employ. Employ. Yeah, okay. Employ. Mm-hmm. In my life. Mm-hmm. Um like the don't take nothing from nobody. Now how do you mean that? Cuz don't don't make me sound since, like a jerk. No, you're not a jerk, but since I know you don't take nothing from nobody. <laughs> nothing if you don't agree with something, you're going to let it be known that you don't agree with it. And if you think something is a horrible idea, you're going to tell somebody it's a horrible idea. I learned this when I told you I wanted to start modeling. And you looked at me and was like, you ain't got the body. <laughs> but it did help me open up my eyes to see things that I wanted to do. You know, I started okay. doing the public speaking stuff. That wasn't because of me, though. No, but it was a, you sort of gave me that, I don't know if charisma is the right word, confidence to do that. See, that's funny because I still haven't seen you do any public speaking. I know that's uh, that sucks. And so, but the, but the, my point being that you were doing that independent of me. That was something that yeah. was already in your heart. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I loved it, but I was never one to actually go for it. You mm-hmm. know, like I was never one to put my foot through the door. But every time me and you would talk, that would be one of the things that you would always talk to me about. That if I wanted to do something, I need to go do it. Primarily, we would talk about 
school mm-hmm. on how like no no we wouldn't I no would no try. no about me in school no I would try but I wouldn't listen good God why don't you talk about that there's a question on here that says what are some of the ups and downs all right you wanna you wanna get you wanna, all right let me finish my statement okay, please, then you can please, go please, to that please, please. um I just never took I I don't think I took your advice the way you meant it for me. Like during the time, like mm-hmm. for example, with the whole school stuff, I never took it for school. The whole get what you want, I always took it for something else. Rather, mm-hmm. if it was like for a girl, if I wanted a girl, I go get her. Or if it was for any extra activities, you know, like oh basketball, yeah, let me go do the basketball. But when this came to school, it was like eh. But the funny part is, I never failed, and I managed to graduate with more credits than I was supposed to. I know. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. but. I mentor specifically for I'm a task oriented. I mentor specifically to help this young person get into college, being mentored by somebody who has gone to college. Yeah. Right? So my objective was that we would talk about your scholastic efforts, get you in a place where you're not just doing decent but doing well, and during that time also develop our interpersonal relationship. You didn't want that. You just wanted a buddy. Nah, nah. Yes, say it like that. <laughs> you wanted a buddy. Don't say it like that. T- tell the truth. I didn't just want a buddy because I ain't look at you like you was just a buddy. I told you, uh, I don't know when I told you, but I told you, I was like, yo, I look at you as a father figure. And I still look at you as a father figure. And that still freaks me out, Sean. Just I don't, oh, because of the choices I made. No, 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 no. For the same reasons that I just, it's a heavy thing. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I reject it. I love you. No, nah, of course I love you too. But it's just, just really heavy. I know. And it, you know, go ahead. So, you know, I know that, like, I always plan conversations out in my head. I'm not crazy, but I feel like that's important for you it to is. plan you out a conversation it. in your head before you have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I've always had that conversation in my head, and every time I had the conversation, I always got, like, I never could picture your response. Usually, I could picture your response. Like, wait, 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 what conversation? Like, that conversation to me letting you know, hey, I look at you as a father figure. Oh. Like, I knew that I was feeling that way because I never had a hesitation to tell you that. I just had a hesitation on how to converse that with you. Mm. Uh, then I was just like, that's it, you know? Why not? <laughs> just go tell him. Just, yo, look, Mr. Irvin, look at you as a father figure, man. You done this, this, X, Y, Z. Boom. Why is it important to have an actual physical person rather than an image on television to look up to? Oh, that's good. Um, or is it important? The image on television. Let's just hold that thought. I want to make sure we're still rolling. The green uh, light's still on, but I just want to check. I don't want no problems. Okay. Are we still going? Yep. Yes, we are. All right. Still going. Still going. All right. Um, I feel like I could answer it in two words. Okay. It's like the whole thing of love and lust. Interesting. Image on TV creates lust. It creates that idea of this is how it should look and this is how it should go. Mm. In reality, is usually never how it looks on the TV or how it's imaged on posters and nothing like that. Um, That's deep. Sean. It's usually more tougher. You know, fathers love to give that tough love to their kids, which I think is very important. And mothers are usually the ones that's more softer when it comes to dealing with emotions and stuff both techniques are good but i think for the both techniques to be perfect both parents have to imply that one technique 
You know, mm. like both parents. If you're going to do tough love, both parents got to have tough love. Mm. If you're going to be soft, both parents got to be soft. And being soft doesn't mean credit your child if you get like a boo-boo or a cut. Mm-hmm. It just means be more sensitive to what's going on around your child mm-hmm. and how it could affect them. I think what you said is really interesting about the whole love and lust thing. Like, I think what you're talking about really boils down to accountability. Yeah, that too. No, let's think about it because you're not accountable to looking at LeBron. Don't know you. That's true. You don't know him. You like watching him play. You like the stats. You like all that kind of stuff. You and know? people look at him and be like, "Damn, that's a good. You know, that's a great dad. That's a great man. I wish I had a dad like that." Yeah, and even if even if they're even if it inspires him to play ball and be the next, mm-hmm. that is different than actually having to be accountable too. Yeah, explain. Well, for example, you can look at LeBron, and I just throw his name out there because it's because he, you know, it's easy. <laughs> but um, there's nothing if 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 you were to perform less than what in his presence, if you were to perform less than standard mm-hmm. in his presence, he would probably be like, "Yo, pick it up." Yeah. But if you're just watching him from the comfort of your room. And you want to play ball, there's no accountability to get your shot better or to get your handle better mm-hmm. or, you know, be in the weight room or whatever the case may be. So it's just a one-way street. Yeah. Like, you know, superimposing your idea versus actually interacting. Yeah, uh, that's true. Because I would say, well, when we used to go to the gym and work out, mm-hmm. you would push me, push me, push me. And I knew that, you know, because I was there, I have to do it. But I know if I was at home and you wasn't there and I just had a couple of weights under the floor, I'm just looking at the weights the whole day. Looking at them, boy, collecting dust. I still need an accountability partner, Jim. Sometimes I go in spurts. I could go. There was a time where I was going, like, faithfully without needing any accountability. Now I need any I know. Partner. That's before you slim down, you know. I don't understand. Some people get fat when they stop working out. I just atrophy. I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. You know, I like the other, the more muscular. Like the swole yeah, it was way more intimidating. I miss him. It was way more intimidating. It matches with the whole I don't take no stuff personality. Yeah, it does. Dang, I need to gain some weight. You, you know, you're going from uh, Stefan to Steve Urkel now. You know how he's That's Steve, funny. You know how Steve You're Urkel. way too young to know that. But that's funny. I grew up watching that. Um, all right. I went from Stefan to Steve? Yeah, you're going to Stefan oh, to Steve. We're going to the gym after this. <laughs> That's funny. All right, um, so my next question, <laughs> my next question on mentorship is, um, you don't have to base it on us, mm-hmm. but I'm asking this because of us, and I mm-hmm. want to know what you think about it. But do you feel that um, within the partnership of a mentor and mentee, that there can be an equal level of the amount of experience and knowledge each each can gain mm. from each other? Well, yeah, because you can't just be so selfish and arrogant to think that I'm just going to teach you and you listen to me. Sit at my feet. You hear every drink, every sip. <laughs> I told you I had the microphone too close. It's too, it too late to push it back now. I'm already talking. I'm that's comfortable. The, that's the ASMR stuff you're talking about. Take, wait, drink it again. <laughs> the ASMR. Wait. Yuck. <laughs> I'm gonna need another water soon. Um, yeah, this water at room temperature. It's not really I don't cold. like room temperature. It's I not like, really cold. I don't like cold. I like when my teeth freezing. Yuck. Um, yeah, it's important because otherwise, 
again, you you don't want to lord over somebody and just say you are going you I will mold you into what I yeah the same accountability that we hold you to. There's a certain standard that you hold us to, and that means that we have to be flexible. We have to mold. We have to be open to thinking differently than the way we came in. I didn't know nothing about you. And also, when I did get to know you, I had to change my approach and strategy mm. because I couldn't just come in there with a one-size-fits-all template. So, yeah, it's important and, and incumbent, <clears throat> incumbent upon me to learn how to best speak to you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work if you're not invested in the person, and that requires change and growth and development. Yeah, on the part of the mentor. Answer your question. Yeah, actually, he does. Um, it was a different. But also, you. Oh, go ahead. We gain. Not just learning, but we gain. Uh, you, you mean a lot to me. Thank you. And Hi. so you have an impact on me, and what you don't, uh, you see me stressed. You see. First person, you yeah. stress me out, and so I'll get mad at you, or I'll tell you I'm upset with you, or all this other thing. You don't see when I go home, like Ashley, this boy. <laughs> oh my god! So we get invested, and it's not always oh my god, or it's something positive like this. Like Sean came up with some good questions when I sent you this. I'm actually going to do this podcast. <laughs> I told him yes, so I'm going to keep my word. But now I'm like, oh, I'm actually looking forward to this. So. There are, so we get to be proud of you. We get to be upset at you. We get to learn how to talk to you when we're upset at you. Or we get to learn how to encourage you when we're proud of you. So there's a lot that we gain from you. I gain from you. Uh-huh. So you're helping and developing me. And I told you beforehand. And I, I, Who said it? Was it you or Devontae? One of y'all said, you know I'm preparing you to be a father, right? I think it was me because <laughs> we always have this conversation. Yeah. Before I found out that Ashley was pregnant, I would always be like, Justin, do what you got to do. That's it, man. Right. He was like, sew that up, man. Lock <laughs> that up, man. Get that baby. I was just, I just wanted you to be a dad because I was like, right, I know this man is going to be a good dad. You know? Yeah. I know that the, that dad suits you. I was just worried that you was never going to have a kid. Nah, it took us long enough, but here we are. But but that's the thing. Like, you, you to be fair and to be honest, not that you and Isaac will have the same experience whatsoever. Of course. But there are elements of patience, there are elements of communication that I will definitely have to bring in and have learned and, and, and grown from with you. So there you go. Thank you. So do you feel that mentorship has prepared you to be a parent? No. Mentoring will help with some things that go into parent, parenting. Mm-hmm. But parenting and mentoring, I think... Like, you can be a parent but not be a mentor. Yes. You can be a mentor but not be a parent. Mm -hmm. But ideally, you want to be a parent and a mentor to your own child. All right. So that brings up my next question on, Mm -hmm. other than the obvious, Mm -hmm. is there, like, a difference between the parent and a mentor? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Other than, you know, the uh, I gave birth to you. Yes. And I have a very strong example. All right. Do you remember? Do you know where I'm going? No. I'm going to Nebraska. Oh, oh yeah, I remember now. What did I say? All right. Um, I made a decision. Okay, let's. Let, I'll be really quick with it. There had been an opportunity that we provided for you. Yeah. That you decided not to capitalize on. Yes. Now I said the dip. And said I, the difference between. I said this is a really good example of the difference between being a mentor and a father. 
said you, if you was a father, you would have knocked me upside my head. That too. But if I were a father, I would have said, you know what? I'm glad you thought about it. Uh-huh. But you don't have a choice. You're going to do this. Yeah. And I'm going to help you, but you're going to do this. But as a mentor, I can't say, you're going to do this. Yeah. I can say, I think this is the best idea or best thought for you, and I will help you, but I cannot compel you to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, I think that's the difference. Like, you know, there, there's an or else when you're a parent. Mm-hmm. There's no or else as a mentor. Or else is like, hey, just don't. I can walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's the other thing. You're a parent, you ain't supposed to walk. You have to be Well, You don't really have to be there. But No, no. As a good parent, you have to be there. And as a good mentor, you have to be there. But mentoring also, I think, is finite. I think there's an expiration What's there. What's that finite? Infinite means it goes on forever. Oh, uh, finite is Finite like, means it's an, end, oops, it's an end point. Oops. You <laughs> close, but... Um, yeah, and I think that sometimes, not sometimes, I think that every mentee should grow out of the mentoring process of... Every mentee. Yeah. What do you mean? Every mentee should grow out of the mentoring? Like, you should outgrow me. With if you're, if you're 10 years old yeah. and you're wearing the same size shoe at 21, uh-huh. then you're not really growing. Mm-hmm. So if if... If the nature of our relationship stays the same from ninth grade to, to, now. to now 21, 22, 23, 45 years old, then you're not really growing. Yeah. So there, a successful mentor is meant to <clears throat> help develop their mentee into not needing or outgrowing the way their relationship started. Mm-hmm. I understand that. All right. So... um. That's it for that topic. Okay, so listen, we have how much longer? Well, it was supposed to start at two. You didn't get here till two. I'm not gonna. Hear, I can't leave. We had um, some technical difficulties. I think we're doing. I think I'm, I think this is entertaining. This is or informative at least. I feel both. Yeah. I feel like. Do you think your friends will enjoy watching this? Yeah. Why? Because all my friends are went through the IMTO process. So I feel like even if they're not necessarily going to think about it as, oh, I'm going to watch this, mm-hmm. once they start watching it, because they support me, they end up liking it. Because it's like, oh, this is way more different than what me and my mentor do or me and my mentor go through. I do think you have a dope mentor. Yeah, I think I got a dope mentor, too. I ain't going to hold you. Um, I want to go into the next topic, Let's though. Go. All right. So you are a first-time dad. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that Thank once you. again. Um, but memorable Christmas or Thanksgiving? Which mm-hmm. one was it? Will Last we? year when Ashley was still pregnant. Yes. And everybody was over there. We had all sat there and I remembered we was all talking. Mm-hmm. Right? Devontae just got finished talking. We all just finished comforting him. Um, I had to blow up my man's like that on. on I said we comforted him. Okay, that could mean a lot of things. Go ahead. Um, and then I remember I talked. Yeah. And your dad was very emotional. Mm-hmm. But it was a happy emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, his exact words was that he raised a great man, right? Or, or something along those lines. I don't know. I'm actually, one of my flaws is I'm absolutely horrible at receiving compliments. Yeah, I'm horrible as well. 
That's why when, every time you're complimenting me or you're actually complimenting me, I just, you know, like the, <laughs> <laughs> the little smile. I hate compliments. Cause it's no, no, so, I don't hate them. I just, this is a flaw because if someone's complimenting you, then that means that they are taking the time out of and extending themselves to offer you validation on something that they admire. Mm-hmm. And so who am I to reject this expression of love in a way, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, support to say that I'm less than that. I yeah. don't think that, that's unhealthy. Or even not to, not to even necessarily say that I'm less than that, but not to recognize that element or that facet that they see in you that you might not be able to see in yourself, but you can still absorb from it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of arrogant yeah, and condescending. To not receive a compliment when you know the person giving the compliments being genuine. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I'm not saying like I won't accept the compliment. It's just that I personally would not want a compliment. Nah, my problem is that I it's my I have a perfectionist type of bent within me. So it's like oh, that's cool, but I can do better. Yeah, you expect more of yourself. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think I. Like more of myself too. I just keep letting myself down, though. Um, so your dad was crying, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, your dad was crying, and go ahead. But he was just so happy hearing me talk about you the way that I talked about you. Mm-hmm. Um, which everything I met and to this day stands one hundred percent true. One hundred emoji. Never um, hundred emoji. <laughs> but how did that make you feel? Like to see like. Your dad bundled with that much emotion, the fact that he was just so proud of you. Well, you know, what's interesting about my dad is that my dad has never had a problem with displaying his emotion. Um, And so that's not the first time I had seen him Mm -hmm. in that sort of expression. So that wasn't new necessarily. But I always appreciate his expressions because it reinforces the fact that he's proud of me. And I think that's one of those things that if you have that, you need to be very careful. I need to be very careful not to take that for granted. Yeah. Because I know my my dad loves me and I know that he's proud of me. And I know that he's very, very, very happy for what I've accomplished. Um, and this goes back to the whole idea of being able to appropriately receive a compliment Mm -hmm. because if i reject that even yeah then i'm not allowing myself to be built up with that love that that i need you know Mm -hmm. why would i and so i so what to answer your question would it made how did it make me feel it made me feel good um but it but at the same time i also knew where i wanted to take you Mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm not done with this kid yet so I can make all sorts of excuses and I can make all sorts of um, caveats and disclaimers for, well, you know, you know, he's good, but, you know, we still have one. But that's harmful. Yeah. So I think that I, although I receive it and although I appreciate it, I need to get better at absorbing it. So that's that's sort of what. I was going through. I received it, and I appreciated it, and it means something. Meant and means something, but I need to get better at absorbing that. 
And that's me, just me being transparent. So um, I'm going to go on the long run and say that you feel like it is extremely important for a father to tell his child that he loves them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you hear that from your dad a lot? Yes. Do you feel like, how do you feel that part of the reason your dad was okay with telling you that he loved you so much is because of the relationship with him and your mom? And I say that because there's a lot of fathers out there that don't really say that they love their kids, mm. mostly because of the pain or whatever that they're going through mm-hmm. with the child's mom. Mm. Or like the relationship that they are in, where it's not really or love is more toxic or is more. So, give me an example. Like, why would it? Why would a father not tell his child that I love you because? Because he their- doesn't know how to express that. Because, um, so you know how I tell you a lot of the times that I always have trouble expressing my like expressing how I felt or I feel because I'm not really used to. Expressing that I'm always getting somebody cold shoulder or I'm never really able to be open to nobody mm-hmm. So for me to just blurt and really just be like This is how I feel about it. This is what's going on I can't really do that Because I don't know how to And it's kind of like that With some people With the I love you mm-hmm. When somebody hear that They freeze Or they Go to something else mm-hmm. Like you understand that? A little bit I mean I, I don't know I don't know that I hear a question Oh, I was saying that do you feel like part of the reason your dad is okay and so openly, hey, I love you, my son, is because him and your mom had such a great relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also think it comes from him, his relationship with his dad. Mm. His dad was his hero. And a lot of my father's emotional availability is because of either, A, how his dad was probably emotionally available for him, or... How in circumstances where maybe his dad was busy, he also wants to give that to me. Yeah. You know? So in any learning situation where you absorb something from someone, you want to emulate the good parts and then try and do better with the things that maybe fell short. I don't. The thing is, my grandfather died in February, and I was born in December. Mm. So I never met him. Yeah. Hey, it's going well. I'm doing this podcast with Sean. You're actually, uh, you're not, you're not live because nobody can hear you. But what's up? Hold on, I'm put you on speakerphone. That's Megan. No, it's not Megan. It's Ashley. That's Ashley. Hi, Sean. Who? Hey, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Are we live? We are. We've been going for. I say thirty minutes now. A little better than thirty minutes. Wow, that's very exciting! I cannot wait to hear more, and you and I can just talk later, babe. Okay, love you, babe. Love you. Bye, Shawnee Pooh. Bye, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Special um, guest. Special guest, Ashley Graham. Everybody. <laughs> um, your dad is a very mellow man. He's mellow and chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we went to um, the football night, right? It was it football or boxing? Oh yeah, it was boxing, yeah. and your dad was sitting there. I, mean, I don't hate bringing up the story because the story always leads to the water park. But we went to the store. Oh, when we watched the fight at the house, I was like, "Yes, when did I, when did not I when we went, not when you secretly surprised me with a, the whole boxing fight." 
Yeah, that was fun though. Yeah, but you know, I always what I always tell you, always tell me where we going so I know how to dress. I know, but go ahead. Um, but your dad is very mellow and chill, man. Your mom is gangster. Your mom is gangster. I love your mom so much. Your mom is gangster, yo. Your mom is gangster. I always feel like more than you know. Yeah, I always feel like your dad's gonna blame me for that too. That tattoo, but your mom is gangster. Oh, I know why you're saying that. Cause she talked to me. Literally, she's talking to me. She like, did that hurt? I'm like, no, I actually feel real good. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, she comes back with the tattoo. I was like, oh no. Okay, so what people don't know is that our at our at our baby shower, we had a tattoo artist come for guests who wanted to just spontaneously get a tattoo. And so Sean, his eyes got big. He's like, oh, word, I can get a free tattoo. And he got that clip art on his left wrist. It's nice. It looks like clip art. It's nice. You know, I got the tattoo artist on Instagram, right? <laughs> of course you do. So wait, and then yeah, then my mom wound up getting a tattoo on her wrist of the pet name that we're going to steer Isaac toward calling her. It was literally after the conversation after me. I always felt, because I know you're not a big fan of tattoos, so I always... Well, it's, they're just not for me. I'm fascinated. I am honestly really, really, really fascinated by tattoos because I know I won't get one. It's like, okay, this means enough to you to, to mark up your body. And some people have some hideous, hideous tattoos, very hideous tattoos. Hideous. I feel like some people just get tattoos just to get them and then they just like regret it. And, well, the thing I never understand is people that get tattoos where they can't see them. Yeah. So why are you getting one then? The showboat. That's what I'm saying. The showboat. So for me, it depends upon the person, but tattoos, to me, run a fine line between, it's almost the same thing as dyeing your hair bright pink. Mm. It's an attention grabber. Look at what I did. But does that really show an insecurity or an emptiness, or does that really show that, like, I don't, and then I don't understand how people get, and that's not the case for everybody, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. But... In some cases, it might be an attention getter. Who knows? Yeah. But then you got people. Dang, what? I had another point. It's about tattoos. Nah, I was trying to transition. What's the topic about? Whatever, man. So mom got a tattoo because of Sean got it. That's what it, at least the way he plays out in his mind. That's how it feels. Mm-hmm. I love your mom though. She is gangster. <laughs> um, Shout out, mom. <laughs> um. Since you was like that, it was weird for me to hear you say that you was a father figure to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it weird for you to tell me that you love me? No, I just wanted to make sure that you could hear it. And I wasn't going to just knee-jerk say it because you said it. Because kids can be manipulative. Mm. You know? Oh, I love you, Mr. Irvin. What do you want? Yeah. I don't think I've ever said I love you and then asked you for something. No, you haven't. But I had to, I had to learn you. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that you would ask me for something. It might be something like, let me just chip away and warm his heart. Yeah, I'm like warm before his heart. I tell you I messed up or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, let me just, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him I love him. Then he's going to get softer and softer. And then I'm going to do whatever I want. But I don't do what I want. As you I do. I do, but I don't. Like, I do what I want, but I, I, I know my, how do you say, I know my limit. Okay. Like, I'm not going to push it too far. I don't change you no gray hairs. You know what I'm saying? Anymore. I didn't give you great hair. Oh, Sean. Um, so let's talk about fatherhood. So wait, <clears throat> let's 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 do this. Let's do. We have a limited amount of time, and this place costs money. Oh shoot! I can't curse. Shoots. So what do you want to get to? What do you think we've covered? 
So we just covered this. Was it weird? No. Yeah, we talked about this. Youth and love. We didn't talk about that. We talked about this. Biggest scares becoming a father. First moment. Thoughts on the ground. Well, no. This is totally my fault, by the way, because I came late. I'll tell you why. But all right. Okay. Uh, oh, I feel like this question. Like I feel like I, I got the question in my head. Like, okay, we're pretty good. We're I pretty just good. didn't ask it the correct way. That's okay. We're pretty good. Keep so the rest of the questions we go with, right? Yeah. All right. So you've watched me fail and succeed with a lot of relationships. In quotation marks. Oh, gee, this is a whole other podcast, huh? Um, nah, because we was talking about loving, etc. So mm-hmm. I wanted to know your opinion on today's youth. Well, and how they deal with relationships. See, the thing is, it's so, so, so different. Yeah. Like, we're not even 20 years apart. Even almost. But we're not almost. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the way you grew up is totally different mm-hmm. than the way I grew up. And so your associations and how you guys express love is sometimes very, very foreign. Mm-hmm. Very foreign to me. Like, as a teenager growing up, like, you was a hoe if you had maybe like three or four different partners. Mm-hmm. Now, there are teenagers out here that are just flying through partners. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. Flying through. So for me as a kid, that was the, that, it was different. Like we just went, oh, so and so. Yeah, you know, <gasps> really? Oh, wow. And that was like, count them in the palm of your, count them on one hand. Yeah. Now, y'all are like, that's a weekend, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's so wild to me. This is not funny. I'm sorry for laughing, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's wild to me. And I don't know what to account for that. For mm-hmm. us, you know, seeing, seeing porn. Like you had to go make make a trip. You had to go like or somebody had to get it for you to get a magazine. And then oh, there's a magazine. Oh, and then you turn the page. Yeah. And it's a physical book. Nah. And then once you're done with that book, that's it. Now y'all just be like <laughs> as much as you can stand. It's all free. It's all free. It's and that all goes- for corruption. Continue. Um, I seen some quote or something like that. It was talking about how more people that are like depressed or like have emotional problems watch a lot of porn or like are more addicted to sex mm-hmm. than people who aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that is? Honestly, I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you. I just found that really fascinating. That that's probably. Because it's probably true. Mm. You know, people that is mostly addicted to sex, they don't want to go beyond that point of this is just sex, no emotions attached, because they're not well put with their emotions. Mm. And for the depressed part, I can see that being true too, because like people that are depressed, they might try to get things that they can't, mm. rather if it be like that attention from another girl. And they can't get it from a real girl, so they want to go online and 
pretend that they the dude in the video and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, it's just I the thing is I have to listen to you to tell me what the difference is. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of kids you know not if I call you a kid, it's not offensive, right? No, it, it is offensive. Yeah, yeah, you know. Kid. A lot of kids like you are uh, <laughs> are uh well, depending upon their household, mm-hmm. they could be suffering from a, a bunch of different things. Maybe it's attention or lack of. Or maybe it's not having, maybe it's lack. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's too much. Or maybe there's, you know what I mean, like, there, there's, a, there, there's a risky run when you have everything at your fingertips, and there's a risky run when you have nothing at your fingertips. Yeah. And so I think it's compensation. I think you were talking about that, right? A little bit. Like having to compensate. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Whether. Compensate meaning like having to make up for something. I'm I'm lacking. I believe so, if I'm not mistaken. I'm lacking in this, so I need to compensate with that. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's everybody, not just kids. But I, when you t- when your your initial question involved love, and I think that a lot of the times you guys are defining and redefining and shifting and not knowing what love is. It has a lot of. You could probably walk down the block and find. Ten people. Mm-hmm. My age or younger. And every one of them gonna give you a different definition. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna probably find it's gonna be rare for you to find two people with the same idea of love. Mm-hmm. And if it is two people, they definitely the same sex. Mm-hmm. I don't think well from what I know, from conversations I've had with people in my college or just people that I know outside of school, when we talk about love and there is an agreement between the two parties, mm-hmm. it's always the males agreeing with them, us, or the females agree with them. There's never really like, it might be like a couple of points that we might all agree on, mm-hmm. but then it's never like the, the mm-hmm. idea of love, the mm-hmm. definition of love is never the same. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it goes back to what we said in the beginning, like there are different types of love, mm-hmm. and love is not always and shouldn't be immediately associated with sex. Yeah. But I think a lot of kids are trying to either. It's also really not. It's weird because you, this generation is a lot more emotionally available, but also emotionally messy. Mm. You guys are a lot more emotionally available to talk about how I feel, how I feel, how I feel. But then, it's just messy, because then, you'll take it to Instagram and be like, so and so, and who are you sharing this with that actually yeah. cares about you? Nobody really. It's just all up on it. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand. So love also, like we talked about earlier, we're looking at television versus having an interpersonal mm-hmm. relationship. It's just a lust thing. Pow. Well, I'm going to shoot at this goal. Pow. I'm going to shoot at this goal. Yeah. Instead of love where there's a accountability and, you know, true concern and desire for the other person's well-being. So these are the questions that y'all have to ask yourselves. I mean, everybody has to ask themselves this question. And is love supposed to be self-serving? Or is it supposed to be serving the other person? So my definition of love is multifaceted, but it's not really my definition. Right? My definition is more in line with the idea that love is a verb. Yeah. And so if I say, oh, I love you, but then pop, <laughs> where is it? But if, if loving you is to say, this, I want the best for you, and I'm going to give something to you, and I'm going to help you, and mm-hmm. I'm going to assist you, and I'm going to tell you that you're acting like a fool, or I'm gonna say, you know what? Great job! Like it's there's an accountability of giving myself. It's not just passive. It can't be passive. Yeah. What does the Bible say? If God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Mm-hmm. So love is associated with a verb, a giving, and uh, a doing 
on behalf of the other person. I don't think it's self-serving. Um, so you just breeze right by that. That was good. Uh, what if I was going to say I agree? Oh, I don't need you to agree. I, you know, what if I was going Let's to say just think about it. Um, All right. That's two more ticked off. Yes, it is. All right. So now let's talk about fatherhood. Since mm-hmm. you just recently became a father. Mm-hmm. Nine um, months ago. I know. Wasn't it what? Yesterday. Yesterday. Was, that's when he. Yep. His month day. Ninth month day. You're going to have some problems with him. Why? You're going to get all the girls. Watch. Um. What were some of your biggest scares? Well, I I just I honestly the the nerves that I had becoming a father had less to do with him and more to do with me. Mm. Meaning that how am I going to have to be less selfish and more selfless? Like I didn't feel like I'd finished living yet. Yeah. And not to say that life ends when you become a parent. It does not. But I was I was honestly never, ever, 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 ever nervous about fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Not in one bit. It's more so the life changes. That's what I was nervous about. And, you know, it's <sighs> there are accommodations that have to be made and you have to change some things here and there. And you have to make time to check in with yourself, yeah. Because you don't, you don't cease. I don't cease to be Justin just because I'm Isaac's dad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still growing as a person, <clears throat> and I'm still exploring and discovering and learning and all those things about me. At the same time that I'm raising him, so the thing that I just the, the, honestly the fear was the unknown. That's that's what boils it down to: the unknown about what is it going to look like for me. Now living for him. Yeah. That's what I... But being a dad, no, that's easy. That was, for me, that was no problem. It's like, oh, it's going to be easy. I'm just going to toss him around and play with him and feed <laughs> him. And, him oh, my God. You have no idea. Have you seen that lately? What? The... Well, tossing up? Yeah. Oh, I don't do that one anymore. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were there for that. No, we went we went upsy-daisy and we went real up. I caught him, though. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so a follow-up question. Um, what are your biggest goals as a father? Ooh, that's a tough one. No, it's just complicated because the biggest goal for me, I mean, we're not going to go through and check off every list mm-hmm. of like what it means for him in this category and that category. That, but I will be successful if my son becomes the best him that he can be because he's not me yeah and i'm not him but our prayer the entire time he was in ashley's belly was that he would get the best of me and the best of her and none of the worst of us and so learning how to understand him to bring out the best of who he is and grace to understand how to chop down and cut away the things that would inhibit him from being the best him that he is. Yeah. All right. So I know this is probably talked about a lot, 
Okay. Um, but I wanted to know your thoughts on parents, both male and female, on leaving their kids. Well, you know, I think that I think life is complicated, and I think that it's very easy sometimes to point the finger and say, "You left me." And I think as a child, sometimes it's hard to understand adult problems. And obviously, I don't advocate for abandoning anyone's child. That's who can it, who can advocate for that. At the same time, I think that you know everything in life boils down to a choice and how much you want to invest in the difficult things. Yeah. So maybe they weren't maybe the parent wasn't leaving the child as much as they were leaving the spouse or the girlfriend or the or the 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 counterpart. Mm-hmm. And maybe the child is the collateral damage. Or maybe they wanted to leave a toxic situation. And now they've left that toxic 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 situation and the other parent cannot have a relationship with their yeah. Um, maybe it's about a matter of safety. Maybe it's about a matter of economic. This is just a very big and complicated question. Should your priority be to your child? Absolutely. Should your allegiance be to sticking with them and raising them? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they become your reason for living, they become your legacy. And if you're not there, hands on, to shape and develop this person, then what does that say about you and your legacy? Mm-hmm. Um, does having a kid like bring a new type of happiness in your life? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Isaac, Isaac makes me probably the most happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really love Isaac's name. Yeah. And if you would like to, would you like to say his full name and explain it? Because I feel like it is, it's very unique. Yeah. His name is Isaac Menelik Giovanni Irvin. Mm-hmm. So what does Menelik mean? Okay, we'll start with Isaac. Isaac is, as we know in the Bible, goes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. So Abraham was the father of the faith. Isaac was the son of promise who God promised Abraham would have. And he continued the line and the genealogy of the faith. Mm-hmm. And his name means laughter. And if you've ever met Isaac, you know yeah, he. He's a life of a party. Man. He's a very happy boy. Um, and I wanted <clears throat> to give my child the advantage of a name <clears throat> that meant something. Mm-hmm. So, laughter. You bring joy. You receive joy. Mm-hmm. Um, Menelik means son of the wise. It's an Ethiopian name. It's the name of the first emperor of Ethiopia. And he was the son of King Solomon and Queen of Sheba. And so two extremely wise people, Solomon, the wise man that ever lived, Queen of Sheba, the, the ruler yeah. of Ethiopia at that point in time. So they had a son. That son wound up in time bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Ethiopia, where it currently is. I've seen the building. It's an accident. Really? It's crazy. It's, it's is it a tall building? No, no, no. It's sure. very small. It's very small. Um, more like a chapel. Oh. Giovanni. Um, that's the Italian way of saying John. Mm. So the bishop of the church 
that I went to as a kid um, is the man who's responsible for the spiritual well-being. Well, no, I'm not going to say it that way. He was the man who was responsible for the church that my parents both came to know the Lord in. And he was also there for me and my family in, in various ways, spiritually and personally. Um, and then Ashley's grandfather's name is John as well. Yeah. But I also have an Italian lineage on my dad's side that it's just a cooler name than John. Giovanni, 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 Giovanni. Giovanni yeah, it Giovanni. sounds more, you know, like yeah. and then, authentic. Uh, and then Irvin is my last name. Yes, it is. It's a cool last name, too. It's nice, short, easy to spell. Really? Yeah, I was happy your last name was Irvin. Yo, I've never, well, here's, it's, it's weird being, having the name. It's it's my name and I love it, but it just doesn't. Sound, it's not like cool. I think it's cool because it's, it's cool? unique. You know, like you don't really hear nobody with you know, like last names mm-hmm. is something that even though it's not common, like everybody don't got the same last mm-hmm. name. It just everybody's last name sounds too familiar. Mm-hmm. Like my last name, almost everybody got Carter. It's so weird. Carter Johnson Washington. But then when you Irvin is like nobody really hear that. Okay. So you, then it's like Justin Irvin, and then it fits your, like your name fits your whole persona. My oh, man, I appreciate it. Um, all right, last question before my closing statement. Um, mm-hmm. if you could give any advice to parents or mentors, what would you say? I am only a parent for nine months. That's a lot. Nine months. You dealt with a lot. I've seen you deal with a lot. He ain't even had a birthday yet, Sean. It's coming. It's coming. But from what I seen, from when I was in Nebraska with you uh. and you calling me, you know, I seen you do it a lot. Parenting is parenting. I mean, I, the only advice I can get, well, um, be available, even at that tiny, tiny, small age where it seems like they're not absorbing anything. They're absorbing a lot. They absorb your energy. Mm-hmm. So if your energy is excited and happy and pleased with them, they'll absorb that and become very balanced, happy kids in my experience. Um, also, this is something that uh, has been drilled in me, is that everything is a stage. And its stage is passing. So if there's a crying stage, that's passing. If there's a you know, sort of roll around and fight getting your diaper changed stage, that's passing. Mm-hmm. So... The parts that are passing that you don't like, it'll be over soon enough. Yeah. Um, but there'll be other parts that'll be like, and it just gets better and better and better. I don't dislike it. I enjoy being a father. I enjoy being a parent. Um, but yeah, stages, just learning stages. Before you enter the second part. That and delayed cord cutting. I got to talk about delayed cord cutting. Oh, delayed cord cutting real quick is when he was born, the placenta is still attached to the baby. A lot of the time in the hospital, they just clip the, they clip the umbilical cord like right after the kid's born. Yeah. But what people don't know is that the a lot of the, the baby's blood is still in the placenta. Uh. So what you do is you delay the cord cutting. We delayed Isaac's for about like an hour, hour and a half. Uh-huh. So all the blood that was in the placenta went back into his body. Now he's a full, healthy, like his color was, his color was good. Like every, he was attentive. Yeah. So that's just a little birthing, because you know Ashley and I. Ashley, See, I never knew that. Oh my gosh, they'll just, you know, pop you and clip you. If you leave that attached for a while, that's that's like thinking about it this way. Why would you give a newborn a blood transfusion? Yeah, you won't. Why would you, you want that newborn to be full of that natural? So would you tell them before you give birth that you want to delay it, like while she's giving 
Oh, you birth? just or I mean, you, I, after we we had a, we had a very unique experience. We had a home birth. Yeah. So the ball was in our court the entire time. So in the hospital, I don't know what you do except to to adamantly say, "Do not cut that yet. Do mm-hmm. not cut that yet." I don't know. But anyway, that's my biggest from a birthing perspective. That's the one thing I just I talk about that whenever I talk about his birth experience because that was so cool to me, and I saw the healthy like the physical benefits. Yeah, I never knew that. But thank you for that information. I'm sorry. I mean, it's kind of premature for you, but it's not premature. Like. Oh, isn't it? You have something you want to share? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I had something. Oh, you was talking about stages. I had this conversation with somebody the other day at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about life is a stage. And I was like, it's crazy because once I realized that life is a stage, I became a lot more patient with things and how things going. And Do you mean a stage like performance? Stage? No, like, like okay, stage. stages. Okay. Like you, Seasons, yes. Stages. Yeah, like miracles are the ones that don't go through the stages. Like the ones that's just lucky. That the handouts, you know, they don't really go to the stages because it's handed out. Mm. But once I realized that the stages, I became a lot more patient. And I think everybody should realize that life is stages. Nothing in life happens like that. Mm. It's always stage. Like the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like for me, the whole cooking thing. I don't like to cook. If I wanted to pursue being a chef, I gotta go to that stages of what it takes to be a chef. I gotta. Start off with the cleaning dishes, then I'd be an apprentice, then I move on to being a chef, and then a head chef. Mm-hmm. And it makes me be more patient. I don't know. It was just something that I thought was interesting. I think it's a good observation. Um. So now on to the second part of the question on advice for mentors. Oh, oh, oh mentors. Um, I think we talked about it. Anybody who's listening who could would be able to hear that <clears throat> it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of um patience. <laughs> And you really have to, you really have to be invested in the kid in the long term. I think what turned the corner for you was when I told you that even after I mentor it ended, that we would still have a relationship. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what causes people to be closed off too. Especially when you got a mentorship, it's like how long are you gonna be my mentor for? You know, like right. especially because we was part of a program, so right. it was like. Why would I open up to you? It's just going to be four years. After that, you ain't right. got to worry about me never again. Right. Which I feel like some people went through that with their mentors, where their mentors probably never reached out to them too. But, but do you see why I took it so seriously? Yeah. Because you can't just be like, okay, well, nice to nice meet to you, meet man. You. Good, good mentoring you. Good and luck. And just going off the wind. And that just shows you was just there for the checks. Ain't no check from that. You didn't get paid for a mentor? No. Oh. <laughs> How much is it worth? Uh, how much should I? Oh, that's a good. How much should I got paid for I mentor? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I think you should get paid a lot. Mont- I mentor. Dealing with me, I feel like you should get paid. I'm saying I deserve time and a half for you. I feel like you should get paid. Dealing with me. What's my hourly rate? Hourly rate. What was minimum wage at that time? Well, this is good. this is actually a good point that goes back to mentoring and parenting. The thing is, there is never anything that that mentee should be able to give back to you. Mm-hmm. They can't. What you gonna give me? Exactly. You're right. Exactly. I was gonna say you being proud, but then no, 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 no. That's good. No, that that's it. That's exactly it. What you have to give me is nothing material. You can't write a check. You can't. You it's can write a, you can growth write a and success. It's bottom line. You being the best you you can be. Growth and success. 
I feel like that's important for anybody, you know. And like, you know how it would be like, oh, what would you tell your own? I wouldn't, like, if I could go back in time and write a letter. To your younger self? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't write nothing other than <laughs> I wouldn't write nothing. Yo, yo. I wouldn't write nothing. I'd just be like, yo, just put yourself in a situation that's going to allow you to be growth and success. Like, right. that's the only thing that you really got to worry about. Like, well, here's the thing. Growth and success is not always a rosy path. Growth and you succeed, my foot. Not growth and success. It was a problem. It wasn't proper. Okay. Go ahead, finish. Nah, I, it wasn't proper. It's go for succeed. Okay. Nothing succeeds like success. I don't know. Look, you always talk about me about speaking proper, so. No, I, I'm I, trying. I just, whatever, you threw me off. It's okay. I don't, it doesn't matter. Um, so how are you? How are you going to tie this back into fraternal love? That's the whole point. Oh right, yeah, I forgot about that topic. That's what you wrote down. Um, you got a few minutes love. to say something. Um, Make it deep. Let me think deep on this. Okay, let's talk about the impact friends got on each other. Well, no, 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 no that's too much. Like, what, what much. does, what does that have to do? What from this, what from this whole exchange? Oh, on love, the love to, to men. Yeah, that fraternal love. All right. What, what so, does this? Because that's the reason I said yes to this. Because you had such a good yes. idea. Because nobody talks about this um, aspect. What do you think people should be getting from this this exchange that we're having? That this is what fraternal love look like. Just absolutely. Well, um, yeah. that Except I can't hit you. Well, no, I can't hit you now. You know, we're not part of lions no more. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. But this is a fraternal love look like. It's not like when you say you're going to be there for somebody and et cetera, give somebody the full fourth. It's not just being there if they need a couch to sleep on or like a shoulder. Like it's about being there for the to succeed as well. Mm. Um, also that, like, it's about being comfortable. You know, like, before you call anybody your close friend or you tell anybody that you, you're going to be there for them, mm. make sure that you're comfortable with telling them, you know, that I love you. Because I got no problem telling you I love you. Well, here's the thing. I think one of the steps you're missing is it's earned. Oh, yeah. It, it is earned. Everything is earned. Well, not everything. But when it comes to relationship between two people, mm-hmm. no matter what the relationship is, uh, romantic or not romantic, oh, everything got to be earned. Trust has to be earned. You can never give somebody your trust right then and there. Like, you're not going to go call somebody in life and just be like, yo, let me get your trust. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> give me that trust. <laughs> you know? It has to be earned. You got to show, give a reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I also, I also feel like that's part of the reason why not too much men admit that they love each other mm. is because of trust. Mm. When I feel like that's not pro- that's not like trust nowadays is never properly earned. Well, it's, there's no competition between you and I. Yeah, you know but I, mean? we I, also, see I also think that go ahead, go go go. go. We see that mm-hmm. that there's no competition. You know, like you have your milestones, you have yours. I'm on my way to achieve. I'm on my way to achieving my milestones. Mm-hmm. You already have yours. I'm not in compete with you. I'm not here to be like, oh, you you a photographer? Cool. Let me be a photographer too, so that I could be a better photographer for you. Let me be a better. But if you did, that'd be great. That'd be great for me, though. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, but I wouldn't do it as a competition wise. You should. Why? Why is competition bad? It's not bad, but do you need to compete for everything? If you're following in the footsteps of somebody, why are you following in the footsteps if you just want to compete with them? If you're following in the footsteps of somebody. It should be because you admire them or that they inspire you. I don't think that they. I don't think that that cancels it out. Kobe was competing with Jordan his entire career. 
and you still you compete. But that's different because it's a sport. Not everything is a sport. Not everything's a sport, but let's let's. Well, I was going to use a sports analogy. I was going to say let's take a relay race. Okay. Okay. So if I'm running as fast as I can mm-hmm. and as as well as I can to try and hand you the baton, and you're not as engaged as I am to pick up that baton and run faster than I did. Mm-hmm. Chance to race okay. what they want as well. I see what you mean there, but that's was that's was missing in a lot of relationship as well too. Mm. That push mm. to want to be able like for me to want to accept that baton from you, mm-hmm. I have to be willing to be like, okay, even if you're not going to get to the same place I am, mm-hmm. let me at least be able to. Be at where you are. Mm. Like, let me meet you either halfway or something, mm-hmm. so that I can get it, take off, and sh- continue to show you how it's supposed to be done. We'll see, but check it out. The pass, they're still, they're both running during the exchange. But in a really race, don't would you give somebody the baton? The other person just stay back, then I do run. Oh, once they pass it off, yeah, they. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh, okay, once you give right. me the baton, cool, I got this. Yes, exactly. And now, yeah. one, I'm gonna show you how the rest of it is. So now, next relay race. You up front, I got to hand you the baton, you got it. Mm-hmm. It should be like that. But I feel like in a lot of, like, trust is probably one of the biggest factors in a lot of fraternal love, and that's why it's missing. Mm-hmm. Because now every day, you telling somebody that you just met on the block, mm-hmm. yo, I trust you, bro, I love you, bro, but you don't really love him, you don't really trust him. Well, I think that I think that, that kind of a bond between men especially requires some sort of event that they've gone through together. Right, so it you could and I, be. You and I, I mean, I don't know. As, as an adult male, it's very hard to have to have people come into your life at this stage, at this age, and be as close to you as people that I've grown up with. But you also said it before, manipulation. Some people just like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying in general. Like, for example, the dude that I met uh-huh. three weeks ago mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, that's a cool dude. Oh, that's what that's a, that's what I rock with him." You can be close, yeah. But unless you've gone through something with that person, you probably won't have the same depth of relationship as the person I've known for 16, 17, 18 years now. Yeah. You know, so I think that, I think it, it's trust. It has to be earned. There has to be something that you guys have done to overcome, or at least experienced together to be like, oh, yeah, I know where he's coming from. I agree with you, but I also, I don't feel like that's what it is 100%, mm-hmm. like all the time, because you was talking about manipulation. Like, you know how some people say, I love you just to get something from you. Mm-hmm. Like, Let's say I just like let's say But is that male to male though? Like does that kind of manipulation exist male to male? Yeah, male to male. Really? Yeah. How? I'm talking I'm talking about between two males. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, when is somebody said to you, Oh Sean, I love you, man, um and then slid in the No, but I'm giving like a example here. Okay. On like why I feel like fraternal love is not very shown now because of the trust aspect. Okay. Like like I was saying, like let's say two people meet in a block, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One person their authorization is they sell drugs. Mm-hmm. Hey, little bro, I see you struggling. Let me put you on. Let me give you some money. If I will give you this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love you, bro. Hey, yo, bro, I love you, man. Can you think you give me some more? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm trying to say now? Like, mm-hmm. it's that home of the place. I see you looked out for me the first time. Mm-hmm. So now all I got to show you is that I'm emotional and that I got your back. When in reality, I don't. I'm just trying to use you mm-hmm. so I can get what I got to get. Now something go down, that dude might leave the other dude mm-hmm. left alone. Mm-hmm. Like those situations, situations like that where people aren't shown 
enough trust or care to really know how to trust and care. So it's hard to admit that you will love another man when you don't know. Because you're to, always on guard. Yeah, you don't know how to trust another man. You don't know how to care for another man other than yourself. Mm-hmm. And most, well, now in this generation, since I, what I witnessed is that a lot of males is more damaged than a lot of these females. And they don't really know how to love themselves. So it's hard for them to love anybody at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of damage and there's a lot of hurt <clears throat> out there. But I think that... I think that what you're doing with this podcast is really important by asking the question. And so hopefully that'll be, that'll spark or inspire somebody to ask this question within themselves and ask the question at least amongst the people that they're friends with and see how they can achieve a better outcome. Yes. Um, close this thing right down. All right. Um, thank you, Mr. Irvin. Uh, I feel like it was a good episode one. I think so. I feel like it was a good introduction to this podcast. Um, before we end it, though, I would like to just make one little closing statement. Um, and just remind everybody that during this times that it's very important that we remind everybody that we do love and cherish, that we do love and cherish them. Rather, if it's giving them a, f- a hug or if it's romantic, you forehead kisses. Um <laughs> I know forehead kisses seem so lame, but you don't even realize how special a forehead kiss is until you receive one. Mm. Like, they feel very special. Mm. Um, but, yeah. Does anybody like to shout out right now for the forehead kiss? For forehead kiss? No, I don't want to shout out nobody out for Nobody? Okay, you got a really good forehead kiss, apparently, sometime in the recent past. Who? I don't know. You're the one talking about it. I don't have I give good forehead kisses. Oh. Um, But... Yeah, in this generation, there's a lot of people that's fighting battles that are losing, rather if it being suicide or due to this illness name as corona. Um, so before you lose anybody that you love, let them know you love them. That's it. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, I decided to do this podcast and call it Still Room to Grow because I wanted to create something that not only I, but my viewers can grow as well. Uh, once again, thank you for your time, Mr. Irvin. And until next time. Peace. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. That was a good one. Uh, you going to end the video? You satisfied? You like it? I'm satisfied. You satisfied? I really have to go to the bathroom. All right, come on, let's get your coffee. I have to go to the bathroom. All right, cool. I got coffee, then I get to work. <laughs> Woo. <I'm> tired. <laughs> I should have called out today. Hour and a half. God, Sean. Jeez.